The newsroom is blowing up on this one. Crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I am your host and producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thank you goes out to our partners, Pharmatan, I'm a Gene Ingredients, the American Gelby Association, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Service, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, before we kind of dive into the show today, I want to ask how... How are you feeling? How is chemotherapy going? That's kind of an odd question. How is chemotherapy <laughs> going? But we've been so transparent uh, about everything and uh, shared a lot about our journey that we have started with the big C with cancer. So how, how are you feeling after a few treatments so far? You know, I'm not going to complain. I think I'm handling it quite well. It's uh, been... You're handling it <laughs> more than quite... You're, you're knocking it out of the park. Though. Well, you're thank you. I, I appreciate Tigger's been my biggest champion through all of this. And I also want to throw out a thank you to all of you out there. The outpour of support and love has been absolutely the overwhelming. Prayer, the prayers have been unbelievable. People saying, sending prayers and love and care packages that we're yes, getting in the mail yes. has been amazing thank you thank you very very much i believe me they're heartfelt and we appreciate each and every one of them so that's what we've got going on with us here's what's happening today this episode is all about what's going on in the news and there's a lot of it i'm going to be covering the cattle contract library act here in just a few minutes coming up in the middle part of the show in segment number two going to be going over fake meat rearing its ugly head one more time hand me your coffee cup i'm going to go top them off and then i'll come back because i'd really like to talk about this fake meat with you in the middle part cow country news you know the cow stuff our cow country news is brought to us by wrangler wrangler the official shirt and jean endorsed by the professional rodeo cowboys association and the crew from ranch it up a lot of you emailed me, called me, reached out to me on this story. The House A Committee passes Cattle Contract Library Act. I'm going to take my time going through this one. The U.S. House Agriculture Committee voted to advance the bipartisan Cattle Contract Library Act of 2021. The bill must be approved by the full House and Senate before it could be signed into law. The bill would establish a library of contracts for the USDA Agriculture Marketing Service, the AMS, to report terms of alternative marketing agreements between packers and producers, equipping ranchers, what they say, with additional market data needed to make informed marketing and business decisions. The USDA library would provide producers with key details on cattle contracts, including the type and duration. Some believe the cattle contract library will give cattlemen valuable information about what attributes are being incentivized by packers, and at what levels. A similar library currently exists for the pork sector. The information would be made available in weekly or monthly reports that would include the following. Total number of fed cattle committed under contracts for delivery to packers within the 6-month and 12-month periods following the date of the report. They would be available by region and contract type. Number of contracts with an open commitment along with any limitations on number of cattle to be delivered under such contracts and total maximum number of fed cattle to be delivered within the 6th month and 12 month periods by both region and contract type. 
Now, the type of contract included in the cattle contract library would cover the mechanism used to determine the base price for the fed cattle committed to the packer under the contractor, such as formula purchases, negotiated grid purchases, forward contracts, and other purchase agreements as determined by the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture. In the case of a contract in which a specific number of cattle are not solely committed to the packer, an indication that the contract is an open commitment and any weekly, monthly, annual, or other limitations on the number of cattle that may be delivered to the packer under the contract must be reported. I know, crew, this gets very, very complicated. That's why I'm taking my time with it. Now, the measure would amend the Agriculture Marketing Act of 1946 to ensure the data is reported and published with other ongoing reports authorized by the Act. The Cattle Contract Library Act is supported by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the NCBA, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the USCA, that's the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, National Farmers Union, and the Livestock Marketing Association. However, it is opposed by RCAF. Now, many of you reached out to me and said, okay, Tigger, we need to go through this in great detail and explain this. Absolutely. I am bringing people on from both sides of the coin. We're going to visit about this and try to break this down just a wee bit more to make everybody understand. But now here's what I am saying is, crew, share with me. I'm opening up the phone lines now. Share with me your opinion on this and and what your take of the cattle contract library is. Send me a text or give me a phone call at 707-RANCH-20. That's 707-726-2420. You can text me 24-7, y'all. You can fire me an email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com, and you can find me prowling around social media pretty much all the time at Ranch It Up Show. Got it? Good. We'll talk with y'all soon on that one. We're going to be talking about plant-based protein and more coming up in the second segment of the show here in just a few minutes. But for now, we're going to head to our Weigh em Up Sale Barn Report by request on this one today. Brought to us by Downtown Threads Oklahoma. That's who does our swag. Downtown Threads Oklahoma. They do a marvelous job, but don't take my word for it. Just head to ranchitupshow.com and order some Ranch It Up gear today and judge for yourself. Ranchitupshow.com. Ranch it up, swag. Boom. The South Dakota Livestock Weighted Average Report from October 17th through October 23rd. By request, y'all, that we had to South Dakota reporting last week. Over 57,000 head is what I'm going to talk about, and that's the breakdown I have for you. Generally speaking, the steer calves, they called them 2 to $5 lower. The heifer calves and yearlings, they said they sold steady in South Dakota to $3 lower. Yearling steers, that's 7.5 to 9 weight, sold 2 to $4 higher. And then the steers above 900 pounds in South Dakota, they called them 2 to $4 lower. The way-up cows, they called them 1 to $3 higher. The way-up bulls, they said sold steady with a higher undertone here are the weight classes and i've got a lot for you today we're going to start with the flyweights and go up to the heavies in south dakota last week here we go three and a half to four weight steers at a dollar 93 to 229 four to four and a half weights at a dollar 79 to 224 four and a half to five weights at a dollar 74 to 204 and a half five to five and a half weights a dollar 70 to a dollar 93 Five and a half to six weight steers at a dollar sixty to a dollar eighty-eight. Six to six and a half weights, a dollar fifty-five to a dollar eighty-fifty. 
Six and a half to seven weights, a dollar forty-three to a dollar seventy-five. Seven to seven and a half weights, a dollar fifty to a dollar sixty-eight. Probably should go a little slower so y'all can write some of these down in the dust on your dashboard as we're going through them. Seven and a half to eight weights at a dollar fifty-three and a quarter to a dollar sixty-six seventy-five. Eight to eight and a half weights, a dollar forty-eight and a half to a dollar sixty-five and a half, and then eight and a half to nine weight steers at a dollar thirty-seven to a dollar sixty-seven for the heifer mates. Again, this is over fifty-seven thousand that we're talking last week that was reported in the state of South Dakota. Three and a half to four weight heifers, a dollar fifty-four to a dollar ninety-one. Four to four and a half weights at a dollar fifty to a dollar eighty-eight. Four and a half to five weights at a dollar forty-six to a dollar seventy-six. Five to five and a half weights at a dollar forty-two to a dollar seventy-five. Five and a half to six weights, a dollar thirty-six to a dollar sixty-five. Six to six and a half weights at a dollar thirty-seven to a dollar fifty-nine. Six and a half to seven weights at a dollar thirty-one to a dollar fifty-seven and a quarter. Seven to seven and a half weights at a dollar thirty-nine to a dollar fifty-three and a half. Seven and a half to eight weights at a dollar forty-six to a dollar fifty-nine and a quarter. Eight to eight and a half weights at a dollar forty-two and a half to a dollar fifty-nine and a half. And then eight and a half to nine weights at a dollar thirty-six and a half to a dollar fifty-nine on the way up cows. That's the premium, the breakers, the broners, and the leans. The high yielding cows, fifty-eight to ninety-five. The average yielding cows, fifty-two to ninety. The low yielding cows from forty-one to sixty-five, and then the way up bulls from forty-five all the way up to ninety-one. Now, per request again, specifically, we're heading to Harriet livestock. That's way up, real close to the border in between North and South Dakota. Their sale. Last week on October 22nd, their sale, just a tick over 4,000 head went across their scales. Here's a few that I want to tell you about on the yearling steers. Here's a bunch of black steers weighing 888 at $1.67. A group of black and black white face, face steers, excuse me, just a tick over 1,000 pounds at $1.52 and a quarter. Here's a group of black and red steers weighing 970 at $1.4975. On the calf side, I've got a group of five thirty-weight steers. They're all black, coming in at a dollar eighty-two. I've got a mixed group of black and red steers weighing five and a half at a dollar seventy-two. I've got some char crosses here weighing seven fifty-three, coming in at a dollar fifty-six and a half. On the heifer side, I've got a big group of black and black white face heifers coming in at eight eighty-eight at a dollar fifty-one and a half. At 977 weight heifers, again, black and black, white face females at a dollar forty-nine and a half. Here's a group of I'm going to the calves now. Here is a group of black and red, 588 weight heifers, black and red heifers. Again, Harriet livestock at a dollar forty-eight. I've got some uh, red and char crosses coming in at just a tick under seven hundred pounds at a dollar forty-five. And that is a recap of Harriet livestock from October. 22nd crew if you would like me to investigate a sale barn and go more specific dive more in the weeds just fire me an email ranch it up show at gmail.com crew you know the rest 707-R-A-N-C-H-2-O fire me a text stick around y'all we have got more news we're going to go through plant-based proteins beyond meat the impossible burgers everything we're going to talk about it coming up next It's that time of year, you know, all of your work, struggles and hopes and the long nights calving, battling flies, droughts, fires, floods, it all comes down to this. It's time to wean calves and ultimately get paid, but we are not there yet. 
Set those calves up for success with Pharmatan from Imogene Ingredients. We've talked about Pharmatan battling scours here on the show many times, but first, let's talk about how Pharmatan helps prevent coccidiosis and it gets those calves over the stress of weaning time. I've had Paul 1 and Paul 2 with Pharmatan on the show many times. Should sound familiar. Guys, this is Paul Mitchell here. Look, it's super easy. Ask your feed rep to mix Pharmatan in your tubs, add it to your loose mineral, mix in mineral blocks, even add it to pellets. It's all natural, it's easy, and it works. Exactly right. It works. Call 515-745-1639. I received a pile of messages, emails, texts, pretty much any way to get a hold of me asking about our swag line, our Ranch It Up gear. Finally, just head to ranchitupshow.com, click on swag or shop, and check out the full line of Tigger-approved Merck. Long and short sleeve tees. Now, these are the really nice ones, the really soft ones, by the way. We've got hoodies, vests, our signature line of polos, ranchitupshow.com. Today's Cattle Battle is brought to us by the American Gelvy Association. Crossbreeding is easy with Gelvy, the continental breed of choice. Let's get it on. Cattle Battle. Thank you for bringing the coffee in, by the way. Oh, you're welcome. Topping off the glass. Be a little careful. It is hot. Thank you. Being, being that it's Halloween weekend, my favorite time of the year, want to talk about something scary. You wanted in on the conversation. When you heard me talking about this, you said, I want in. That's why uh, yes. you took a break. Yes, we're talking about fake meat. I did want to get on in yeah. on this mm-hmm. discussion. We're going to talk about fake meat. I'm going to share some stats about Beyond Meat Incorporated, one company. Impossible Foods, we've talked about them before. Going to share some information. Why some producers are frustrated right now. Well, as they should of, be. Because of some of this information that I'm going to share with you all. So to start out here, shares of Beyond Meat Incorporated. That's where I'm going to start the discussion They slid 14% last week Friday towards their lowest level since April of 2020. Now, the company is now expecting third quarter revenue, that's third quarter of 2021, of about $106 million. That's going to be down 30% from what their original projections were. Now, to put that into perspective, Beyond Meat shares have fallen 25% to date this year, while the S&P 500 has gained over 20% this year. Wow, that's interesting, Mm -hmm. actually. Okay. Now, I said McDonald's. That's another one we're going to talk about. The McPlant Burger, which we have not tried. It is not in McDonald's in in our area, but when, if, I hope it doesn't show up, but if it does. Oh, I have a feeling. We'll try it. We will. We'll try it. We'll go through the drive-thru, grab one, and give it a whirl. Yep, we'll see what it's like. But right now, uh, they're in collaboration with Beyond Meat. And they're going to be testing the McPlant Burger in a number of different restaurants in, well, I shouldn't say a number, in, in about eight, nine different restaurants in Texas, in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Chef Jenny and Scott, maybe they need to buzz over and, and I would try say, I would say. They're going to be having some available in California and then in Louisiana. These are test locations to see what people think of the McPlant Burger. And there has been a big push now to try to get more information out to people, especially in light of what I had just mentioned about Beyond Meat and their shares falling 25% in the year 2021. That's a lot of information you just divulged right there. Now, here's where (laughs) this is all going to kind of start to make sense and come together because the two companies that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. Beyond Meat and Impossible 
Foods, okay? We've talked about both of them. They are in the business of plant-based protein, but now they're moving into the plant-based chicken nugget market, and that's where that's where I've said they're making a really, really, really big push to try to offer a meat substitute. And I think that's right away where you had you were we were talking off air, and you said that's the one, first thing that gets your goat is calling it meat because it's it's not absolutely. Meat. I just have such an issue with them being allowed to use words right. that refer to a meat product. It's not it's not meat. It's it's something completely different. Now Beyond Meat said earlier in the week that it's new tenders, it's chicken. Well, it's not chicken. It's exactly it's, it's a, not. It's, it's different. That it, it's made from fava. Fava beans, maybe is it's, that what you mean? Well, it's. Uh, F-A-V-A is how it's spelled. I guess whenever I think about it, I remember back to the uh, Silence of the Lambs movie. Oh, Barber Beans. Oh, I didn't Anthony even plan Hopkins. that. Oh, that's perfect since it's Halloween. I thought you would have went into character. No, I should have. I didn't know. I didn't put it together. I didn't know that's what See, it was. it's scary. Going, Regardless. This is scary. They're going to go on sale in grocery stores. Uh, Walmart, Jewel Osco. Did I say that right? Jewel Osco. Yes, you did. And Harris Teeter will be among the first to be offering them. Now, Impossible Foods has been already in grocery stores because we saw it we were surprised we found it in our local and it was just lo- it Walmart. was here recently just in the last what three weeks that last two that weeks I, I believe I we saw them in the you. freezer mm-hmm. in the freezer and the first thing there. i said was again uh that's not a meat amen and they have been in uh, walmart's kroger's albertson's and other various other grocery stores that, so that is one quite is a few there. chains that they have been able to get into and this is where some f- producers get get frustrated uh, i'm one of them and and this is my opinion is you know we, we've had a lot of discussion just a few minutes ago we were talking about the cattle contract library act and there has been all sorts of discussion about that when it comes to reporting prices and price transparency and now we're talking about this and it's producers now saying where should our checkoff dollars be spent of promoting our product and trying to battle these other ones especially as you said when we're using the words meat because it's as it as we've said it's not meat it's not the rabbit hole continues to get deeper, so crew, stick around. We've got a lot more of the Ranch It Up radio show. It's coming up right after this. For commercial cow-calf producers, crossbreeding with Gelvy and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Gelvy and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Gelvy and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Whether it's shipping a potload of calves, hauling cow-calf pairs, or delivering a horse, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services is committed to the humane handling and care of your livestock. Our professional team of transporters have over 30 years' experience and are BQA certified. Check out David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services at roughridecattleservices.com or on Facebook. Thank you for trusting David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services for all your livestock transportation needs. Hold tight. Before I say fairly well, I need to answer a question from a listener, and quite frankly, a question that I can only assume others have had as well. Todd in Georgia asked, where can he catch up on older episodes of Ranch It Up? Well, Todd, I got news for you. Each and every one of our episodes is archived at ranchitupshow.com. Just click on the episode link, and it takes us to all of our past shows, ranchitupshow.com. 
Com. Kirk Donsbach with Stone X Financial Incorporated. Nice to have you with us again, Kirk. And all you've done all week long is absolutely nothing else. And in fact, you didn't even answer the phone call. You've just been twiddling your thumbs, patiently waiting, clicking the end of your pen, if you remember those kind of pens, waiting until you could talk with our audience just one more time, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. It's the highlight <laughs> of my week, getting to talk to Tigger in his eye. Hey, remember those pens? I don't even know if they make those. Remember they had the little silver top on them? They were the clicky pins. And remember you'd be in a board meeting and you'd hear somebody clicking them and they would drive you about 60 ways from Friday nuts? I don't remember that because I was the clicker guy. I've got that <laughs> nervous interview myself and I'm the guy that everybody's telling to put the pin down. <laughs> Kirk, you love the numbers. Uh, I know we want, we're going to talk a little bit about the cattle on feed report that came out. I know we're going to touch on that, but let's do things the way that we always do. Let's give a summary. Let's talk numbers. All right, real quick. As of Friday, October 22nd, November feeders closed at 156.775. That's down almost four and a half bucks on the week. Interesting, the feeder index came up $1.76 to 155.11. And you'll notice that closed the basis or the difference between the two to $1.79 versus November and only 30 cents versus October futures. So as we sit right Friday, everything kind of fell in line between the board and, and the cash prices. December live closed at 128.32, down two and a half with steady cash, 124 to 125. Box is steady at 281.82. And the base is also uh, settling out at a negative 10 to a plus 90 cents. So very much within the, the norm. Uh, December corn closed 538, up 11 cents on the week. And that's obviously a big reason where you got the weakness in the feeders. I just need to ask this, that there's a lot of different reports that come out of numbers, of cattle on feed, of of cows, of pears. How does that information really affect the market movement? Is that just more of a statistical number and creating a benchmark? Because it seems to me when those numbers come out, if they're if they're considered bullish or bearish, and then really what the market was doing earlier that day or the next day, the, the consequence may be of what that report is, it seems to me that it's very short-lived. So are a lot of these reports that come out, and I'm not taking away anything of their importance, I'm just saying, is it cre creating more benchmarks of measuring really production of where we've been and where we are today? Overall, from the 10,000-foot level, it's, it's just a benchmark. And we like to see that benchmark come in where we're expecting it to, right? So we're making our predictions of where we think the cow herd is when the report actually comes out. The market likes to see that fall within the range of our expectations. And that's where this report got very interesting because the cattle on feed was actually down more than we expected at 98.6%. And the big surprise came in with placed only at 97%, and we were expecting 101. Uh, that's very bullish to the feeder market with the smaller placements. Uh, kind of on the negative side, our marketing numbers, so the number of cattle sold to the packer, was also surprisingly low, kind of countering it a little bit at 96.9%. That one did not miss by very much because we were estimating at 97 to 98.9, but definitely at the lower side of our expectations. So all in all, the report would be considered bullish based on the, the surprisingly small placement number. Hey, Kirk, I have one last question before I say fairly well, and that is 
For those of us that have already marketed our uh, Springborn calves this fall and we've sent them on their way, are there still marketing opportunities for us going through this fall into winter into next spring? Always an opportunity depending on on how aggressive you want to be. You can always buy those cattle back uh, on paper. I don't know that I'd jump right into that. I think I would call this year done, uh, wrap it up and start focusing on next year. My focus right now especially with the market relatively low, you know, in the mid 50s to low 60s in the nearby months. If you have to buy inventory this next spring, I would be looking to hedge the risk so that that cost of that inventory in March, for example, might be substantially higher than it is now. So my focus presently is on next spring's buy. Now, crew, here's how you can start your marketing program. Just text CATTLE, C-A-T-T-L-E-2, Three three seven seven seven, and you can start receiving Kirk's free newsletter. It's a great place to start, and I highly recommend it. Hashtag Tigger approved. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. And now for our famous last words brought to us by David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Services, Luke Jessup with Odetta Cattle Company. Luke runs a cow-calf operation near Snyder, Oklahoma, and in a previous life, he enjoyed vacations in Iraq and Afghanistan, courtesy of the United States Army. Respect. Thank you for your service. Luke has been using our phrase, stay ranchy. Okay, let me just clarify a little bit. Luke sent me an email because he said in his office he started using the phrase, stay ranchy every time somebody left the office. No, and he told me about it, and he said, hey, sorry about that. I haven't been giving you credit because that's your phrase. And Luke let me know about it, sent me an email, scored for, himself some swag. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, yeah, he got it, some swag. That's all you got to do. And now that's going to wrap it up for today, everyone. A big thanks to the boss, Lady Beck, for coming in and keeping us in line. And Kirk Donsbach with Stone X Financial Incorporated. Our partners, Pharma 10, I'm a Gene Ingredients, the American Gelby Association, David Tanner's Rough Ride Cattle Service, Downtown Threads, Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. And crew, so glad y'all came with me one more time as we ranch it up and actually wrap up season one of the Ranch It Up radio show. Now be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show, our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text me. 24-7 at 707-R-A-N-C-H-2-0. Spread the good word. And join us again next time where it's always Tigger approved. Crew, stay ranchy and ranch it up. <laughs> <laughs>